Welcome to Invested in Wellness, a Fidelity Investments Canada podcast. I'm Jesse Serafian. Join us for part three of our Happy Belly series. Today, we are joined by April Cockshut, clinical herbalist and certified nutritional practitioner for an engaging discussion on food sensitivities. Learn how to identify possible food sensitivities, uncover hidden triggers, and free yourself from the symptoms they cause from bloating to eczema and so much more. Don't miss this opportunity to gain insights and practical tips for a healthier, happier gut and enjoy delicious gut-friendly recipes to support. April is co-owner of Zen and Tonic, a wellness clinic in Toronto offering a range of services on holistic healing. This podcast is for general informational and educational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. By performing any of the exercises provided, you are doing so at your own risk. Fidelity will not be responsible or liable for any injury or harm you sustain as a result of the use of any information or content in this podcast. Welcome to part three of our Happy Belly series. So today we're going to be chatting about food sensitivities and how to support and free ourselves from the symptoms that they cause. We're also in our kitchen and we're going to share our, we're going to share a simple cashew milk that you can do at home. April, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Jesse. It's great to be back. Great. So welcome back to our show. So last time we chatted about gut health and how to support our stomach acid. It was a really insightful show. Today we're chatting about food sensitivities. So April, what is a food sensitivity? Where does it stem from? How do they occur? Yeah, that's a really great question. I feel like over the last couple of years, food sensitivities have really kind of grown in importance and people acknowledging them. And that's because a lot of us are really getting in tune with our bodies and understanding all those digestive upsets that we have. Um, So kind of stemming from show number two about stomach acids and the importance of stomach acids, food sensitivities really come from a weakened gut and lower stomach acids. So um, a healthy gut, you know, we have our stomach and in our stomach, we have these really tight junctions. So these junctions in our stomach, they should be nice and tight and like this. They should be nice and closed. Okay, So our food stays within our gut. When we go through periods of high stress or we eat a really inflammatory diet and other, you know, reasons why we have lower stomach acid, which we discussed last show, what happens is these junctions in our stomach, they open up, okay? And when they open up, that's what's called leaky gut. Have you heard about the term leaky gut before? No, I haven't. No, okay. So leaky gut gut is one of the main reasons for a food sensitivity. And the reason for that is when we go through stress, lower stomach acid, inflammation, pharmaceuticals, antibiotics, low microbiome, those junctions open up. And what happens is our proteins from our food particles, they go through these junctions and guess what's under here? Our bloodstream. So these proteins that shouldn't be in our bloodstream, they get through those open junctions into our bloodstream and then our body attacks those proteins because they're not part of us, right? They're not part of our system. So our body kind of sends off the alarms and they go attack them, which creates an immune response. Got it, that's so interesting. Yeah, so we want to gauge the participants on the line. We're going to ask a series of polls again throughout the show. The first one, it's um, what is your relationship with food sensitivities? I know I have one. I think I have one. My gut is perfect. My relationship with food sensitivities, I don't know if I necessarily have one, but I'm aware of what I put in my body. Sometimes if I'm eating super late or I have a lot of fried foods, I can you know, feel bloated or tired after the fact. 
Yeah. I find, you know, with my health, I'm very in tune with my body. So I know what foods I'm sensitive to, even just eating them, right? I can tell after I eat dairy, I get a little mucusy. And for me, that's a telltale sign of a food sensitivity. And I'm like, oh, I ate something with dairy in it or peanut butter. Peanuts is the same thing for me. So it's really about getting in tune with your body and understanding, is this a normal reaction? Should my body be feeling this way? So that's very interesting. Yeah. So what are so viewers saying? Our viewers, 60% think they have one. Okay. Going down to 50. My gut is perfect, 33%. So it's fluctuating. So hi, 57% think they have one, think they have a food sensitivity. Hey, interesting. So this is going to be a great show for them to really understand, you know, what are the signs of a food sensitivity and also how to detect one. Yeah. So moving on to my next question, a good segue. What is a food sensitivity or what is the difference between a food sensitivity and a food allergy? Yeah, that's a really great question. A lot of people are very confused about this. So when we talk about a food allergy, that's more of anaphylactic, right? So it's going to directly affect our immune system. So we eat a food that we are allergic to. We're going to have within seconds um, an immune response. Okay, so that's going to be a skin eruption, hives, um, you know, a direct response. And that's called an IgE, so an immunoglobulin E, which is going to release histamine cells and cause an immediate reaction. Okay. Whereas a food sensitivity, that's going to be an IgG reaction, so an immunoglobulin G, and that's going to affect our digestive system. And then when that affects our digestive system, the digestive system is then going to communicate to the immune system and say, hey, there's something in our blood that we're not, that's not supposed to be there. We need to react to it. And then it's going to kind of send off the alarms and our body's going to react to it in different ways. And that's the problem is that it's not immediate. So that's the biggest difference is it's not that anaphylactic immediate response. It's going to be delayed, which means that food sensitivities, their reactions and their symptoms and signs can show up to 72 hours later. So that's three days later. So you could oh, eat wow. a food three days ago and three days later, you could be getting, you know, eczema or psoriasis or bowel disturbances. So that's why it's really important to understand you know, and get in tune with your body and understand what foods are you eating? What patterns are you seeing? And what are the signs of food sensitivities to really pinpoint them? Yeah, no, that's really, that's really insightful. So how do we know if we have a food sensitivity? Like you said, it comes, you know, three days after. Yeah, that's a really great question. Great question. And a reason, a reason for pinpointing food sensitivities and understanding if you have one is because signs differ from person to person. Okay, it's really kind of understanding what it is for you. So for many people, um, I would say, you know, mucus, mucus formation is a big one for foods such as, you know, dairy, peanuts, shellfish, et cetera. So I find if I get mucusy because I'm not usually am, I don't have post-nasal drip, that's a big one um, I find for myself. Um, brain fog and, you know, chronic fatigue, I find that's another big one. Sometimes I eliminate foods from my clients' diets and all of a sudden they don't need to nap in the afternoon or they don't feel like they could fall asleep anywhere. Um, a big one is the gut. Okay. So if you're getting smelly gas, that's often you're sensitive to the sugars in the foods. Um, and if you're getting, you know, irregular bowels. So some days you're having diarrhea, other days you're having constipation. That could be showing that you do have a food sensitivity there. Um, another big one for kiddos. Um, I don't, you have a son at home. I don't know if he ever like itches his nose like this or he ever itches his nose or eyes. That's a sign of a food sensitivity as well. Okay. okay. Um, eczema, psoriasis. A lot, of, a lot of times when we eliminate foods from people's diets, their skin clears up because the skin's our biggest organ. So yeah. if we're, our body's trying to detox something, it's going to come through our skin. 
And another huge sign, and this is a question that I have with all my clients and their intakes, what foods do you crave? Do you crave any foods? Sweets, salty, a little mix of both. <laughs> so that could be that could be other reasons. That could be like for stress or for nutritional deficiencies. But oftentimes, if there's a food that you really crave, specifically if you're like, oh my gosh, I crave cheese, I crave dairy, or I crave bread, etc. Ask yourself, what foods do you crave? When you have um, a food sensitivity, your body's response to that inflammatory response is to send out dopamine to reduce the pain, to reduce the inflammation. And guess what dopamine is? It's our feel-good hormone. We're addicted to it. We want more and more and more of it. So if we're eating a food that we're sensitive to and our body's reaction is to output dopamine, we're going to crave more of that food, which just sounds so weird, um, to release more of that dopamine. So ask yourself, what foods do you crave? Are those foods that you could possibly be sensitive to? Hmm. That's really interesting. And what about the food sensitivity test? What are your thoughts on those? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of my clients come with me with those uh, food sensitivity uh, tests and they say, okay, I have this, uh, these sensitivity tests. I'm allergic to foods like A to Z. And oh my gosh, some people come in and they're allergic to, they're sensitive to everything. Yeah. Um, take this with a grain of salt. They're very expensive. And, you know, sometimes they can be skewed depending on if you eat before the test. If you eat everything possible on that test, that's going to give you a good representation. But if you just eat your very kind of specific diet before, that's going to skew the results in being more sensitive foods because they're always in your, your body every single day, or they've never been introduced to your system at all. Okay. So take those with a grain of salt. I would suggest if you think you are sensitive to specific foods, test them out. I think it's more stressful to eliminate all the foods from those food sensitivity tests than it is to kind of test them one by one and really understand, you know, how your body is reacting. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point. So what are the top six foods that people are sensitive to and why? Um, so generally the top six foods, the top foods that we're sensitive to are going to be foods that we overconsume. We are hunter and gatherers. We should not be eating the same food every single day. Our food should really be changing seasonally. So when we have foods that have been in our systems every single day, our body's going to start wondering, hey, why are you in my system every single day? You're not part of me. You're not a human cell. And our body's going to start attacking them. So a big thing with those are dairy, gluten, soy, and eggs, because those are kind of in all foods. Yeah. Right. They're, they're very cheap to, to make. They're, there's a lot of byproducts of them that we kind of put in all of our packaged foods or all the foods that we consume in a day. Okay. There are also foods that growing up, we eat, we ate all the time and we eat every single day, right? Bread, pasta, cheese. We drink milk as kids. Yeah. Okay. And another reason why we're also sensitive to those, to those foods is because those are the foods that are the most heavily sprayed and the heavily processed. So our bodies, they were created to eat, you know, dairy um, in its whole form, its whole raw format. Same with gluten. Now we're processing all these foods and we're spraying them thing with things like glyphosate and pesticides, which when they're entering our body, they're now adding to that leaky gut. So it's causing that inflammation and it's causing those ruptures to create those food sensitivities. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's very interesting. So based on those top six, which ones are the most dominant and why? Yeah, that's a great question. So 
when we're talking about food sensitivities, we're talking, we're really focused on that leak gut and the protein from the food entering into our bloodstream. The size of that protein really matters. So with gluten and dairy, they have very small proteins that can really enter um, our body's bloodstream. So for that reason, that's why those protein food, um, high foods like the dairy, gluten, soy, and eggs are the top sensitivities. Okay. Of that, dairy and gluten are the highest. And it's because we eat them so much. We overconsume them. They're in everything that we eat. And we also overprocess them. Okay. A big thing with dairy is, you know, when we're born, we get the first, um, you know, immune cells from our mother, from that breast milk. Okay. And it's really important that we get that protein from the breast milk. Um, and a lot of times, sometimes if we're, we're bottle fed, that's going to introduce cow dairy to our system before we've actually created a strong gut lining in our own immune um, system. So oftentimes that's going to be a big reason why dairy sensitivities are really high. Okay. Um, and then for gluten, again, we don't eat the whole wheat plant. We take that wheat plant and we break it down. We process it. We add chemicals to it. We refine it. So our bodies aren't really used to intaking it in a processed form. So that's going to also cause a food sensitivity there. Got it. So what are some of the symptoms and signs of these food sensitivities? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of listed them off again beforehand. If you're craving those foods, okay, what foods do you crave? What foods can you not live without? If I asked you, you know, what food can't you live without? And, you know, you're shocked by, oh, my God, I can't eat dairy. Yeah. And I can't have cheese. Oh my gosh, I can't live without it. You know, that's going to be like, okay, you're craving it. You can have a food sensitivity towards that. Okay. Um, that bloating. Oftentimes when I ask clients when they get bloated, they kind of have bloating all day long or, you know, it doesn't directly relate back to a certain meal. So that can be a sign of a food sensitivity. Also mucus in your bowels. Not only people have mucus in your bowels, but if you're finding that you're having mucus in your bowels, that means that your gut's irritated and you most likely have a food sensitivity. And also, again, skin eruptions. If you find like you're itchy or you have a patch of eczema, um, I would say that's something that to look for um, because, again, our skin is our biggest organ and really going to detox a lot of those food sensitivities um, through our skin. Okay. And also with eczema, it's going to be kind of change. It's going to be changes or it might not be like both hands. It could just be one hand or it could just be one side of the neck that's itchy. Interesting. Okay, we're going to engage our viewers on the line. Are you experiencing any symptoms from food sensitivities? Answers vary from zero, one to two, three to four, four and up. So we'll see those results popping in shortly. I know for myself, I would say between zero to one. On yeah, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. We've had this discussion before. You sound like you have a really good gut and a healthy gut, and you're aware of it, which is yeah. Important that you know eating mindfully um, and having a whole foods diet and a variety is yeah. so important. I also want to add too, you know, food sensitivities also affect all aspects of our health. They can also affect our emotional stability too. So if you're finding that you're more irritable after you eat certain foods, that can also be you know a trigger too. Or if you're feeling a bit lower moods because it does affect our energy levels. So again, that kind of chronic fatigue, that that brain fog, that's going to make us feel a bit more suppressed. So food sensitivities, unlike you know food allergies, they're going to affect our digestive system, our emotional health, our our physical health, and it's that's why it's so important to understand if we have one and how to pinpoint one. Yeah, right. So based on our viewers, 71% say one to two. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. We got healthy guts out there. 
We do. <laughs> That's That's wonderful. All right, so moving on. So how can we pinpoint a certain food that's causing these sensitivities and how can we support it? Yeah, that's a great question. So a lot of my clients, you know, they want to understand, you know, what are they sensitive to? Okay, so some clients come in, they're like, okay, well, I've done the whole 30 and my gut felt perfect. I eliminated all these foods. Um, but the problem at the end of that was they just reintroduced all the foods back in and then they felt the way that they had felt previously, right? Without pinpointing which food it was. So when I'm working with a food sensitivity, instead of eliminating all foods or all possible food sensitivities, I'm going to ask clients, okay, again, those questions, what foods do you crave? Are you aware of any foods that you could possibly be sensitive to that, you know, you can might see a pattern with? The other thing I'm going to ask is, you know, what foods did you eat a lot of when you were younger and you can, you still consume today? Okay. So those are generally the questions I'm going to ask before I eliminate um, a food group. And I'm going to start with one. And the reason for that is I want to be 100% sure if that one food group is a food sensitivity or not. So generally, I do start with the larger ones, so dairy and gluten, because they are top food sensitivities and they are in everything. And the reason why I do one at a time is because it's kind of stressful to eliminate all top food sensitivities all at once, which is going to put more stress in your body, which stress is going to be, a, you know, a causing factor you have a food sensitivity, right? And I don't want to stress you out more. That's the last thing I want to do with clients. So yeah. we're going to pick one food group, okay? So Jesse, if I were to ask you, Jesse, what foods do you eat a lot of? And you're like, oh, I have, you know, I drink a cup of milk every day. And oh my gosh, I couldn't live without cheese, et cetera. I'd be like, okay. So for you, it sounds as though dairy could be a factor. Um, you could also be saying that you have post-seasonal drip, you're mucousy, um, your bowels are more, you know, liquidy and more diarrhea than constipation. So these are all kind of signs that that's more of a dairy sensitivity. So what we're going to do is we're going to eliminate dairy for 14 days, squeaky clean out of your diet, okay? Dairy sensitivities to pinpoint are very easy. You just have to be very on it, okay? Yeah. So you have to eliminate all dairy. So that's butter, that's cheese, that's whey protein, that's casein, um, that's milk powder. So you have to really read every ingredient in the foods that you eat because dairy is hidden everywhere. Even on things like salt and vinegar chips, there's going to be um, milk powder, which is crazy. Okay, yeah. so you really have to read them. So eliminate it squeaky clean for 14 days from your diet. Don't cheat because that's going to reset. You're going to get that protein back into your body. We want to get all those proteins out of your system. We want to detox that dairy. Okay, so then on day 15, you're going to reintroduce dairy at all three meals. So breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're going to have a little bit of dairy. So that could be, you know, um, milk in your coffee. At lunch, you could have, you know, maybe um, a slice of cheese um, on your sandwich or, you know, crum crumbled cheddar in your salad. Uh, and then for dinner, maybe you have ice cream after or you have some sort of, you know, pasta with cheese. Okay, so that's day 15, you consume dairy or the food that you think you're sensitive to at all three meals. Then day 16 and day 17, so for 48 hours after you reintroduce it, you're going to re-eliminate. No dairy. Okay, and then what you're going to do is you're going to be extra in tune with your body. Okay? Your body's going to tell us all the answers. Is your body mucousy? Do you have bloating? Do you feel fatigued? Um, are your bowels different? right? Are you constipated? Are you having diarrhea? Do you have a skin eruption, right? Do you get a little acne? Do you get little spots? And it's amazing. A lot of clients say they have no food sensitivities and then they limit their foods and they're like, oh my gosh, 
I didn't have a headache for those two weeks or, you know, I didn't need to use a box of tissues. Right. So a lot of people out there who think, you know, they're not showing any symptoms. They could do these, sen these sensitivities um, and eliminations and understand, okay, actually I am being affected by the foods I eat. No, that's very interesting. So you would say 14 days would be, is like the gauge for all types, whether it's dairy, gluten, yes. caffeine, any type. Okay. Do you start with okay. the 14 days? And that's because we want enough time for those proteins to get out of our system. So if we do 14 days, that's kind of the threshold for that okay. protein to completely detox from our system. Got it. Okay. That's really, really insightful. So we are, so we have a few minutes left. So we are in our kitchen. What are we making today? <laughs> Okay, great. So because dairy is one of the top food sensitivities, and if anyone is curious about having a dairy uh, sensitivity and they're going to eliminate it, a lot of times we'll use dairy and especially milk or cream um, in their coffee and their cereal and their smoothie. So I wanted to create with you um, a really easy substitution for that. Okay. Um, and going back to our, our previous shows, a really good, you know, nutritious thing um, are cashews. Okay, so today we're going to make cashew milk, which is full of really great protein, fiber, healthy fats. That's going to be a really great, easy substitution if you're going to be doing a dairy elimination or if you just want to start reducing the amount of dairy you have um, in your diet. Uh, and we're going to make that today. Okay, so it takes all of maybe, what, two minutes to make. Um, so in order to make uh, cashew milk, which is the easiest nut milk to make, don't be scared. There's no filtering uh, necessary like almond milk. Super simple. Okay, so all you're gonna need is you're gonna need a cup of soaked cashews. You'll see that I have cashews in a cup of water. They've been soaked so they're really nice and soft. Okay, so you'll need cashews. You're gonna need a date. So you need a pitted date. That's for a little bit of sweetness. You're gonna need some nice mineral salt. That's gonna bring out the sweetness and the creaminess of the cashew. And then we're gonna use some vanilla extract. Okay, so it's gonna be a super simple recipe. Anyone can do this at home. Um, and all you need is a blender. Okay, so all you're gonna do, soak your cashew two to three hours, pour that into your blender. Okay, so that was a cup of water. So for a cup of cashews, you're gonna want to add four cups of water, okay? So I'm gonna add another three cups of water into my blender. I'm gonna add that date for a bit of sweetness, depending on how sweet you want it. You can add one date, you can add two dates. If you don't have dates at home, you can also use a tablespoon of maple syrup, okay? You're gonna drop that in there. I like a bit of vanilla to add a bit of flavor. It's absolutely delicious, guys. This is the creamiest dairy-free milk you're going to be able to make and so much cheaper and no additives like those, you know, um, almond milks and oat milks at the grocery store that have canola oil and a lot of preservatives in there. And also, those are mainly water. At least you're getting some protein and fiber and fat from this as well, okay? So you're going to a teaspoon of vanilla extract into there as well. And then last but not least, you're going to add a bit of salt, Okay. Don't be scared, scared of salt. We talked about this last session a little bit. Salt is so good for you. It's a key component of stomach acid. So you really need it. And also the more stressed you are, the more you lose salt. So you actually need salt in your diet every day. Every cell in your system has a sodium potassium pump. So don't be scared of that salt. Okay. So you're just going to add kind of a little sprinkle. I would say probably like a 16th of a tablespoon in there. And then all you're going to do, you're going to turn it on to blend. And there you have it. Jesse has the finished product there. You can see how creamy and how frothy it is. And Jesse, how is it? It's super creamy. That was so easy to make. It's delicious. It's, it's delicious. delicious. I mean, look at all the time. <laughs> 
and you don't have to strain it. Uh, also much cheaper than buying it on your own and so yeah. much healthier for your system. Okay. Yeah. You can make it for the kids. You can store it in the fridge. I would say I make a batch and it lasts about seven to 10 days in the fridge and then I'll okay. usually finish it off by then. Um, you yeah. can freeze it as well. Uh, and it's also fun. The less water you put in it, the creamier it turns. Mm -hmm. right? In yeah. cashews, you can make dairy-free ricotta cheese. You can make dairy-free Parmesan. You can have fun with it. So just because you're sensitive to dairy, don't be scared of the fact that you can't have those delicious foods. Yeah. We're very blessed to live in a day and age where there's so many dairy-free alternatives and also the restaurants also offer those vegan and dairy-free um, options too. So that's another thing. If you do go out and you're testing for a food sensitivity, make sure you tell them, okay? Um, yeah. You want to get that out squeaky clean. That's great. And in terms of the substitution for those that have a nut allergy, oats, coconut, are those good substitutions? Yeah, that's a great substitution. So it's really easy to make your own coconut milk. You just need the coconut meat and water, kind of the same ingredients there. Um, you can also make hemp seed milk, which I found is really delicious, um, and oat milk as okay. well. So yeah, with so the well, hemp and the coconut, you would just blend blend the actual hemp seeds? Yes, exactly, okay. and soak them as well. So lots of great alternatives out there. And again, you're gonna get that fat, that protein, um, and that fiber that we really kind of keep emphasizing throughout these shows that are so healthy for your gut energy levels and everything. Yeah. Well, that was very, very insightful. Thank you so much, April, for joining us again. Can't wait for future shows with you. Thank you so much for joining. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for practicing with us today. Be sure to subscribe to Fidelity's Invested in Wellness podcast on your podcast platform of choice. If you'd like to follow for more, tune into our weekly Invested in Wellness webcasts. Register now on fidelity.ca.